This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about coming up. The anti-racist stuff has really taken off even faster than I feared. Um, The conversations about anti-racism training in government and schools and everything across the country really back hard and fast since Tuesday. Critical race theory. Know it. It is insidious. It is the new racism. It will destroy the country. Uh, Are we sitting on the breaking news, or can we go ahead and say it? Yeah, the great Hank Aaron has passed. Oh, that breaking news. The true home run king um, has passed, and uh, we'll uh, pay loving tribute to him. Uh, Sorry, You don't consider Barry Bonds? Bonds? No, no, I do not. His tiny testicles and giant head? There's no need to bring his raisins into this, I don't think. Oh, my gosh. This is a, an embarrassing moment for the show. From that idiocy to uh, one of the smartest people we know, Alon Hee Chen, David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution and a host of the most excellent podcast, Crossing Lines with Lon Hee Chen. Lon Hee, how are you, sir? I'm well. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. So uh, the new president famously issuing 17 edicts from on high, one of which you were just discussing earlier, uh, executive orders fundamentally changing law in the United States. How did we get to the point where we essentially have a king who writes edicts and it changes law? Yeah, I, I hate it. I really do. And I, by the way, I hate it whether a Republican president does it or a Democratic president. I especially hate it uh, when I see some of the stuff that was signed into into law via executive order by by President Biden uh, a few days ago. I, I think really when it started was presidents felt the need 
to show that they were doing something. They felt the need to to be spurred to action. And they couldn't work with Congress. You know, Congress has been dysfunctional for many, many years. And so they thought, well, why don't I just go and do it myself? And so starting at the very end of the George W. Bush administration, through Barack Obama's terms in office, through, uh, of course, Trump's term in office, and now Biden's following this trend, you know, presidents just decide to kind of go rogue and do their own thing. There's actually a really, um, intri- there's a really famous Saturday Night Live skit. If you guys haven't seen it, you should look it up. Uh, that came during the, 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 the Obama administration when Obama used executive action to create the DACA program, this program for, uh, you know, for the so-called dreamers. And it, it's the spoof on the old schoolhouse rock video that many of us watch mm-hmm. as children where they talk sure. about how a bill becomes a law. But this spoof is basically about executive orders. And the gist of it is, you know, instead of all the processes that you learn about going to the House, going to the Senate, this piece of paper shows up and he says, I basically just happened. And that's essentially what executive action <laughs> is. And it's really it's really pernicious because it circumvents what what the founders intended, what our Constitution intended, which is to have a branch of government, the Congress that legislates and makes laws and another branch of government, the executive, that executes those laws. And executive action in many ways circumvents that constitutional design. So you can understand the um, what pushes you as a president to want to do it. Why has Congress ab- abandoned their duty? Why did they give up that power? And feel free to throw in where are the courts in all this? Yeah, well, the, the courts step in, you know, because what happens is the president gets sued over a lot of these executive actions. And so the courts have to step in and say what is and what isn't. You know, the, the presidents are supposed to use executive orders in particular. There's also this other mechanism called presidential memoranda. It's basically the same idea. They're really supposed to take a piece of law that already exists. And if there's some element of, of executing it that they want to do differently, that's what executive action is for. So sometimes the courts step in and say, no president can't do this, too much authority, this is not constitutional. Uh, the reason why Congress doesn't do anything about it is because Congress is incapable many times because it's so politically deadlocked. There's so much uh, polarization within Congress that it's really hard to get them to do much of anything sometimes. And it's tough because we have big problems that we need them to deal with, and they just can't come together to do it. I mean, look at how long it took to figure out what we were going to do to solve some of the economic issues around coronavirus and around the shutdowns. And even then, they didn't really solve them. They just kind of came together and spent more money. It's very frustrating to people, but really it's because of Congress's inability to do the people's work that presidents, I think, feel like, okay, well, I'll just step in and I'll do something that's extra constitutional. I was kind of hoping, I remember when Barack Obama was, you know, using his pen and phone that, uh, you know, various pundits were saying, well, he'll learn that these things can be overturned in the next election and presidents will learn. But I don't think presidents are going to learn any lesson. I mean, you've got a chance to do to have what you want done immediately. Um, Congress isn't really interested in doing it. And, you know, you got four to eight years. So I don't think presidents are going to learn any lesson about this. No, of course not. And, and the courts are slow, right? It doesn't sometimes the, the courts will issue some kind of immediate injunction. You may remember uh, during the whole debate over the so-called Muslim ban at the start of the Trump administration, the courts did step in and, and, and grant injunctive relief. So they stepped in the way of that going into place very quickly. But for the most part, courts are slow. It takes time for cases to make their way through the judicial system. And so presidents just say, well, why not? You know, and until people step up and say, until voters step up and say, look, th- this is not something 
that we find acceptable. Yes, we like it when presidents go out and they do what they say they're going to do. But we don't like it when they do things that, that frankly, are beyond the scope of the Constitution. That's the only time when when presidents and when the executive branch is going to start listening and say, okay, well, maybe this isn't the best way to get things done. The other thing I'll say, guys, is that the problem with executive action is it's so easily undone by the next administration. I mean, you're seeing that already. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. There are things that, that Trump did that on day one, Biden can say, no, we're not going to do it that way anymore. And then there's no durability of policy. So we end up you know, jerking back and forth between these extremes. It's not good for the country, and it's just not good for where we're all headed. Lon He Chen uh, with the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, is on the line. Uh, that has just uh, sucked every little bit of hope out of me. Lon He, I don't know if that was your, <laughs> so your aim. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about, okay, now how do we rectify that? How do we, uh, the, the bipartisan or Congress? I mean, for instance, you would think both Republicans and Democrats would resent it when a guy on a day, completely guts immigration uh, policy and reform. I mean, he just changes it fundamentally. You'd think Congress would think, hey, that's our jobs. Come on. But uh, I don't know. They're just too busy fundraising and running for re-election again? Yeah, well, I think that's part of it. And and there's a certain skins mentality, too. You know, I think when the the Republicans had Trump in office, they were – they were not as fond of speaking up against executive action, you know, because they probably agreed with it. Sure. And now, you know, a bunch of Democrats won't step up and say we disagree with what Biden's doing because they, you know, like what he's doing. But all of these members of Congress, every time a president exerts executive action in the way that we saw Obama do it, the way we saw Trump do it, the way we're seeing Biden do it, every time they do that, they are diminishing the power of the Congress just a little bit more. And they are they're chipping away at what the Congress should be doing, which is writing laws. And Congress needs to do their job. These guys need to step up. They need to, in some cases, yes, they got to work together and they've got to come up with solutions that can actually pass Democrats and Republicans together. That's what makes it so hard. But if they don't do it, guess what? Presidents are going to keep doing what they're doing. It's like, you know, it's like a small child. If you don't tell a small child, no, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. or No, don't do that. It's not good for you. They're going to keep doing it until they can get, you know, they, they keep getting away with it. So that's the problem we have here. Congress is like a bunch of small children. I have noticed that with the child thing. Yes, indeed. With uh, my kids. <laughs> my final question. Any thoughts in general about the upcoming alleged impeachment that uh, everybody hasn't heard a thousand times before? Um, the one thing I keep hearing, by the way, from Republicans and Democrats on this is they just want it over with. I don't know anybody who wants to spend a long time talking about or thinking about this. You know, Donald Trump is the former president now. For those who didn't like him, there will be plenty of ways to, quote, hold him accountable. For those who do like him, they can keep figuring out how to to get his missives and to follow him through whatever media channels he sets up. I just don't think that there's an appetite at this point. You know, we, we, we have big problems as a country. We really do that we've got to get to. And now we're going to spend whatever, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, talking about a former president. I, I just don't think the appetite is there amongst most Americans. No, it so feels so. That, that it, people watching, they just want to move on. It feels on. so irrelevant now, and it's just Friday. I mean, two, day, two <laughs> days <laughs> later, three days yet. later. Yeah, wait, wait till, you know, a month later, and there will be a number of events. You know, domestically and and around the globe that have our attention, and I just I just can't imagine that anybody's going to be interested in it at that point. And we will move on to those matters the next conversation we have with Lon He Chen, I hope. Lon He of the Hoover Institution and Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Uh, look it up, subscribe to it. Uh, Lon He, it's always great to talk. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.
One, you too. One thing I thought about bringing up with him, just because I heard an interesting podcast conversation about it, um, at the risk of too much politics, because I'm, I'm trying to spend less time talking and thinking and reading about it, because I right. don't think it's healthy. Right. But um, you got a big chunk of the Republican Party that is very, very Trumpy. Trump still has a very high approval rating in the Republican Party. Then you got, you know, like the Mitt Romney, um, uh, Lynn Cheney wing. I don't know how many of those people there are. And Trump talked about forming a new party, but there's some belief now that there's a bit of a game of chicken of, uh, how about you form a new party? Mitt Romney and Lynn Cheney, you're not happy with the way the 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 Trump version of Republicans? How about mm. you form a new party? We're this party, and both sides feeling that way. You know, the Mitt Romney Lynn Cheney crowd thinking you need, yeah go form your Patriot Party around Donald Trump, and the Donald Trump crowd's thinking not about you go form a new party because both parties over the years have gone out of their way to put into place a bunch of rules, laws, whatever they are. To make it very difficult for a third party to ever get a lot of traction. Democrats and Republicans work together on this. It's there's, a duopoly, clearly. Yeah, yeah, there's great institutional advantage to actually being the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of you know m- money and uh, an opportunity for uh, being on the ballot stuff that's just so much easier. And enormous infrastructure as well. Yeah, enormous infrastructure. Yeah. And so you can see why, why if there are... In numbers, way more Trumpists than there are not. And I think that's it's definitely the case in the House based on the vote last week. As we sit and speak today, yes, that's true. Then the, the, you can see why they'd say, hey, well, you go form your own party. Go, good luck with that. Yeah, More we the own the Republicans. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that game of chicken is going to be interesting to follow over the next however long. Well, at the risk of uh, lightning striking me, and I'd have it coming, honestly, uh, 2022, will be a major milestone in that question. Who has the reins, really? Mm-hmm. Who has the support? Although uh, there's a tendency in among the uh, the jabbering classes of which we are a part um, to make ground, grand pronouncements of the way things are going to be going sure. forward. When, honestly, How you know, often does events, that turn out to be wrong? One out uh, of three? One out, always. <laughs> always, yeah. Always. It, the fact that the Clintons remained on the scene as long as they did, semi-relevant, or, or clinging bitterly to relevance, was uh, uh, an outlier. It's extremely rare these days. So what the political landscape looks like in two years, four years, please, nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. 
Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.